0: There and welcome into a special edition of the Purple Podcast. We'll have a little shorter one here live from Mankato. Matthew Collar all alone. I'll be back with Judd Zolgad on Wednesday when the Mackie and Judd show returns to being live from Mankato. But I wanted to give you all a little update because the Minnesota Vikings had their first day in pads in Mankato, which uh, if you listen to Stefan Diggs, he said today that first day in pads is huge because everybody looks good in shorts and so from today's practice a few things that stuck out I guess not just from today but overall for the first couple of days for Mankato to me so I've got five observations to give you and the first one I want to start with is at the center position Pat Elfline he and Nick Easton were working in and out as they have been quite a bit through OTAs and minicamp And I get the impression that the Vikings would really like to see Pat Elfline win this job. Even though they like Nick Easton and they traded for Nick Easton once upon a time, Elfline is the guy that's being talked up a lot by Vikings people at camp. And even their director of college scouting who talked to the media said that Elfline has incredible toughness. We talked with Alex Boone and he talked about how smart Pat Elfline is and how he's making some complex calls already for his age. So I think this is a player that the Vikings were really thrilled to get in the draft and they would love to see step up, but they also want to have him take on some competition. They don't want to just give him the job. And they also liked what Nick Easton did last year. I think Easton having him as a backup makes the Vikings feel a little more secure than maybe they did last year when he was uh, getting in the NFL for the first time, but now they've seen him on tape and he's a very smart player too. But, In my mind, it's Pat Elfline's job to lose at this point. That's one. Number two, Laquan Treadwell is definitely getting his shot. He's played with the first team all the way through, including today in pads, and he's looked good. I know this is just warm-ups, one-on-one drills, but if you get a chance to go to Mankato, what you'll see is the one-on-one drills between the corners and the wide receivers might be the best part of going there and and watching because there's so much speed and athleticism and skill, and it's exciting every single time, and it's one-on-one in front of everyone. And Laquan Treadwell has done a good job there and in the offense versus defense portions, which he's been entirely with the first team. They're, they haven't mixed in anybody else so far. It's been Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Laquan Treadwell every time they go to a three-wide receiver set. And that tells me that either A, they really believe that Treadwell has taken a big step in the offseason, which I'm still skeptical, but uh, or B, they really want him to to feel confident in the fact that he's got the job to lose that they're putting him in a position to succeed and believe in himself even though he had just one catch on three targets last year Uh, for michael floyd it makes sense that he wouldn't be taking those first team reps because he's going to sit out the first four games of the year and he also joined the team a little later so floyd gets on the second team. He can get into the offense. He can get some playing time in preseason and be ready to go once it comes to week five, but they want Treadwell on on that first team. And the wide receiver depth is really interesting too, because I think there's several guys who have a really good chance at making the team and only so many can. Uh, Jarius Wright said that everyone who thinks he's not going to make the team is an idiot which I don't think is the brightest comment to make, especially when some of the younger wide receivers have stood out over the first couple of days. Uh, Rodney Adams had a couple of nice routes and made some nice catches in one-on-ones and in the offense versus defense portion. Stacy Coley had a deep ball that he caught down the field. He looks like he's a pretty explosive and athletic wide receiver, and these guys might challenge Jarius Wright. I would also say the same for Isaac Frichty, who is a guy that can play on special teams in almost any role and is tall and has some size and has good hands. Uh, he's a former gopher. And my pick for Mr. Mankato, by the way. I'm not sure that we win through our Mr. Mankato picks, but mine was Isaac Frickley. He so far has not yet emerged But I think that Jarius Wright should be concerned that uh, his roster spot might be in jeopardy because so far the depth-wide receivers have looked pretty good. Uh, That was another point, so we'll move on to the fourth one uh, that I have written down for you here. Tom Johnson, I think, is going to play a lot this year. I look at what they've done on the first teams so far, and Tom Johnson is in Sharif Floyd's spot most of the time in the nickel. I think they will work in Dayton Jones at times there, but we might see Johnson go back to 2015 style where he started eight games and he played a lot more than he did in 2016 when they use Shamar Stefan a lot, uh, but we might see a bigger role for Tom Johnson. He's 32 years old, and normally when a guy's 32, you don't talk about him for getting a bigger role, but uh, I think he's someone that Mike Zimmer really likes, but also really trusts, and these other defensive tackles that could play the three-technique position next to Linval Joseph, I'm not sure that any of them have the trust part of it and Zimmer mentioned that Johnson is still working on you know the run game and and that's never going to be his strength he's more of a pass rusher but if you think about the league now and just how much passing has gone up over the last 10 years I looked at this recently it's uh, the league average was 214 yards per game now it's 241 from just 10 years ago The teams are passing more. They're passing more successfully. If you're a defense, you've got to be thinking if someone can rush the passer, then they're more valuable than a run-stuffer in that role. So maybe we see a lot of Tom Johnson this year. And then we'll see who else emerges, if Jaleel Johnson or if Dayton Jones – can take that spot. Dayton Jones was mixing in at times. Uh, Brian Robinson, it looks like is still in some pass rushing situations going to be mixed in on the nickel. Or if they play a dime package, they usually don't. They usually play a nickel package, but maybe on third down and long, Brian Robinson will mix in there. And the last thing that I had for you is the cornerback situation. A lot of questions going in what kind of competition Mackenzie Alexander would face for the slot corner. It looks to me like none. Uh, Mike Zimmer had said in an interview that Alexander was going to have to win the job and compete for the job, but as far as I could tell, he isn't competing with anyone because he's taken all of the first-team reps and Anton Exum has taken... Uh, The second team in the slot quite a bit and looks like to me has done a pretty good job, even though he's been a safety in the past. But those are the only two guys who have really been playing a lot of that position that would look like they're going to make the roster. And that means that Alexander, it's going to be his spot to go into the season unless we get into a few preseason games and he really struggles. That's your job to go into week one against the New Orleans Saints and then week two against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So those will be quite a test. And uh, it's surprising to me still that they're showing so much trust in him at the nickel corner. So there must be a reason that Mike Zimmer thinks that uh, Alexander's ready to go after he struggled last year. Newman and Waynes, too. Here's the other thing. I thought that Terrence Newman would be the one competing with Mackenzie Alexander, but instead, Newman has been switching in and out with Trey Waynes on the first team. And that might be what we see this year. That last year, toward the end of the season, mostly when they were kind of all healthy, we saw Terrence Newman and Trey Waynes just mixing in and out, playing about half the snaps each. Maybe it depended on who matched up best against who, or who needed a rest, or who might be a little dinged up. But for the most part, they were playing the same spot and just in and out, in and out. And that's been how it is so far here early in camp. And we will see if that changes. But from what I've seen of Terrence Newman early here, he looks like the same Terrence Newman that we've seen as a part of the Minnesota Vikings since he got here. And looks like the same Terrence Newman that played in Cincinnati. He was running one-on-one with a wide receiver on a deep ball, uh, leg for leg in the exact right position, and if Newman is still as good as he was last year, which in my mind was really, really good, then the Vikings are in excellent shape with their depth because if one of the guys gets hurt, we saw this last year when Xavier Rhodes had to miss the first two games. If someone gets hurt, you still feel really confident in that situation. It's With Trey Wayans, it's just a big question of whether he takes uh, any sort of next step or if he is what he is which would be a league average corner in my mind. And that's valuable in itself to have someone that you can rely upon, but you know, every once in a while is going to get beat. Not everyone can be Xavier Rhodes, but at least you know that you have someone who can run with just about every wide receiver and come up with an interception from time to time. And so those are some of the things that I've been watching. I'll just give you a couple other quick hits that uh, I posted in, in one of my articles. I I'm interested to see where, Taylor Heineke and Case Keenum go Heineke had a rough first day in pads uh, through an interception to Anthony Harris and I, I don't know if he has a legitimate shot to win the backup position in, in a year where you know maybe you need four games out of someone and you need to win two games are you going to rely on a guy who's never played before or a guy who's basically a 500 quarterback over the last few years Keenum is far from super impressive but if he's just good enough, that might be what the Vikings need. And uh, Rashad Hill looks like he's your backup left tackle because Riley Reef has been out here and nobody else has taken left tackle reps. It's been purely Rashad Hill, so it seems like the team really likes him. Also want to point out, and we are very early in camp. I mean, we've got a long way to go before we play NFL football. But uh, Bucky Hodges so far hasn't shown a whole lot. And it will be interesting to see if he makes adjustments as we go along and starts to make more of an impact and show off again, we're in day one of pads. So there's a long way to go, but, uh, I guess I expected a guy of his size athleticism and some of the hype coming in that we would see some flashes early from him. Haven't seen those yet, but there is plenty of time uh, for all of what I just said to change and be very, very different uh, in a few weeks. So we'll be watching... All of those things as we go along, and I will have reports like this one for you with things I'm thinking about with the team and are on my mind. And, of course, Judd and I will be back spewing hot Vikings takes soon enough. Thanks for checking in. Live from Mankato.